So Money Episode 1015, Nicole Simcox, licensed psychotherapist specializing in treating trauma and anxiety disorders. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I can't tell you how many high ambitious clients I have that have healed from their trauma story and it has directly impacted like how well they're handling money, how much money they're making, you know, in their jobs, being more assertive around money and just feeling more balanced. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest today is Nicole Simcox, a highly sought after licensed psychotherapist who helps her clients deal with trauma and in many cases, put them on the road to recovery, to having a happier, healthier financial relationship and financial life. It is true that psychological trauma impacts our finances. It's complex. It impairs our ability to make financial decisions, healthy financial decisions, to feel connected to our money. And this is where we start with Nicole. We go right at it to discover the root of this and how, if you're listening, if you've experienced trauma in your life, how that may be linked to your money struggles and how you can begin the journey to recovery. Here's Nicole Simcox. Nicole Simcox, welcome to So Money, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me, Nicole, you work with people of all ages. You've worked with everyone from children to older older people about having them kind of work through their trauma, their past, helping them heal from their past. And on this podcast, we often talk about how our past sometimes shapes our relationship with money. We might not go as so far as to say that we have a traumatic relationship with money, but I bet some of us do. And you've experienced this a lot behind closed doors in your line of work. So let's start there. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about why as adults, sometimes we might have bad relationships with money based on our upbringing? A lot of times we actually start developing stories about who we are and, you know, how we show up in the world. And that's no different than our money story. So things that can impact us in childhood sometimes play out in adulthood and we don't even fully realize it. (laughs) And so this is where kind of going back and tracking you know, where did my money story start? And so am I going too far into it or can I keep going? No, this is great. I just, we only have 30 minutes on this podcast. So I just sometimes like to go right into the deep end. So this is all good. And I think my audience is going to be, they're, they're here with us. They're, they're holding on. Okay, good. (laughs) So then I'll just keep going. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so sometimes I think, I think we hear trauma and we think it is this, you know, these big, huge life events. And that's not wrong. Like a lot of times, like traumatic experiences tend to be right. Like the car accident, the death, like being abused. Like we tend to all agree that those would be traumatic events. But I think what is less talked about is that there can be subtle traumas in our lives that build up over time and actually create almost these implicit stories in our bodies. And this can happen around money, without people even realizing it. I can't tell you how many high ambitious clients I have that have healed from their trauma story and it has directly impacted like 
how well they're handling money, how much money they're making, you know, in their jobs, being more assertive around money and just feeling more balanced. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, money really plays on our survival. And that's exactly what traumatic experiences threaten. So when we have a traumatic experience, I think it's good to take it a little bit more broad and think about it. And you can have a lot of implicit messages of perhaps maybe not having enough or maybe not being enough. And as those messages develop over time, it can sort of play out in our spending habits or our saving habits. And when we go back and heal those stories from our past, we're able to act in the present in more empowered ways. You said something earlier, which I want to dive deeper into, which is that sometimes uh, we don't know how this sort of traumatic experience is showing up in our adult life um, as we are going about living our lives. We don't realize that maybe how we're feeling, how we're reacting to something, how we're um, disturbed by something actually has a very deep-rooted experience behind it. Can you illustrate that for us a little bit more about like, how does it show up? And specifically with our money, like, is it when we avoid our bills? Is it when we're not having that money conversation with our partner? Could those be some of the telltale signs? I do think so. So when it comes to avoiding money, like there's plenty of people that just, you know, they spend, they don't keep a budget and they don't pay attention. And if you have a trauma history where, you know, your primary survival mechanism in your family, let's say, was to sort of dissociate or not be present when bad things were happening or to not be aware, sometimes that can translate out into money conversations, right? Because we're afraid that maybe we're going to be in trouble or something bad's going to happen. And again, all of this is kind of playing unconsciously, (laughs) you know? Like we might on the surface just think, oh, I just want to avoid an annoying conversation with my spouse. Like I don't want to get into it again. But if you peel back the layers, it might be more of a survival coping mechanism that needs to be revised and reframed. That makes sense. Um, And you work with children and all the way up to adults. Um, And so a lot of us listening, we're parents. And I think we talk a lot about on the show how it's important to be kind of good financial models for our kids. And even though we may not consider ourselves perfect with money, that you know, just doing basic things like having healthy conversations about money, not making it feel like it's the scary taboo thing can be a lifelong benefit to our kids as they grow up. And because you've had this experience on both spectrums, um, what are some things you would like to tell parents so they can raise their kids to grow up with better, healthier relationships around money, even if they may them as adults be feeling like I'm not super secure in my financial life? Does that make sense? Yeah. So how to, how to basically how to model a yeah. relationship with money so that they don't kids. have to come and, you know, work with you when they're older. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, um, for kids, money is very, at a very primal level, it's security. Right. And, and that's no surprise. Right. I mean, I think every adult be like, well, duh, you know, <laughs> like, of course money equates with security, but for kids, when they're in these developmental phases, right? Like we have these developmental brain phases that we go through out a lifetime, you know, safety and security is incredibly critical to them. 
And so kind of explaining, even when, you know, there are issues with money, let's say that we are having healthy conversations with our kids, letting them know mom and dad are taking care of it. This, you know, this isn't your responsibility and we're handling it and sort of modeling how you're handling it can be really helpful for kids. Otherwise kids spin out in these imagination kind of theories, right? Like we're going to be poor. We're going to be on the street. We're going to, the kids go to extremes because they get scared. And I think parents sometimes hold back from having these kind of conversations with kids because they don't want to scare them, but it can sometimes be the opposite. Like if you're not communicating enough, kids are going to make up their own stories around like what is happening, you know, with money in our house or what are the, you know, consequences of not having enough going to be. And so I think being a secure base for our kids and really having, you know, as, as open and age appropriate as possible conversations around money can be really helpful for them. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So you have yourself um, built this incredible business. You're an entrepreneur, you single-handedly, I mean, you're a pretty small team out there, right? And you've built this really go to so highly sought after practice, um, helping people kind of heal through their trauma. Um, for yourself as an entrepreneur, what's been your relationship with money? Let's, let's go there now. Let's talk about you. (laughs) Let's turn the, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. Let's make it it personal. (laughs) So I think for me, um, I definitely had a very traumatic relationship growing, growing up in my house. And so I kind of a narcissistic father and a single mom. And so the relationship with money was, there was a lot of mixed, uncomfortable messages around that. And so I noticed when I got, you know, became an adult, I was kind of like, I don't really know how to navigate money because I have all of these mixed messages primarily around, you know, being enough or having enough. Right. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs face this, like, cause when we step out and we start creating a business, it's weird how this enough factor starts to show up for us. And because it's a business, you know, business is all about money really at the end of the day. I mean, it's about our passion and, and all of that stuff. But if you want to stay in business, you know, you have to make a certain amount of money in order to do that. And so really going back in my own life and healing that story out around what is enough, I am enough completely changed my relationship with money. And I was able to really scale my business, um, to levels I didn't even think were going to be possible, you know, living in such a scarcity mindset for so long. And how did you come out of that? How did you first like sort of recognize it and then move? Maybe you're still working your way through it, but tell me kind of where, where you're at right now with it. I actually feel like I worked my way through it. Um, so, a lot of times what happens for people, and this is actually what happened for me is I just started seeing patterns in my life that were popping up around money. I'm like, why am I in these feast and famine cycles constantly? Like, what is that all about? (laughs) You know? And when you feel kind of out of control of these patterns that continuously show up, it, it makes you get curious. Or I would invite you to get curious about like what these patterns are all about. And so when I finally decided to go put myself in therapy like 10 years ago, I was able to unpack how this childhood, you know, story of not having enough, not being enough was playing out all the way into adulthood. And it was actually showing up 
in my finances. And so when I healed the root issue of that, I was able to apply, you know, all the smart financial things that you're supposed to and really execute on building a business from really a tangible, logical place. And I was able to scale it and like, and just feel really free and like that chapter of my life closed. And I think that, you know, for anyone who's listening that has trauma in their lives about like a story, closing it is actually like this moment of freedom. Like I see this in clients all the time. They're like, oh, it's over. It's done. I can move on now. You know, I can live in the present. What do you find to be some of the more pervasive issues when people come into your office? Um, like when it comes to their relationships with money, like what, um, what are they saying to you? And what are some of the common revelations? I don't have enough. And that is across the board from people who truly don't have enough, meaning like it's difficult to pay rent. That's how I'm qualifying that to, you know, they are making half a million, million a year. Right. So it's, it's a very interesting thing. I think parts of ourselves get projected into money and how we spend it and how we save it and what we have. And so that's all emotional. Like people who say money isn't emotional, I I strongly disagree with. (laughs) Oh, I think think we're all there with you on that. What's that? I think we're all with you on that one. That is, uh, (laughs) who says it's not emotional? Yeah, money is is emotional. We, you know, we kind of put parts of ourselves into it. And it's, and it's just interesting when you pull back, like what people are spending money on and the reasons for that, especially when trauma is involved, you know, you're kind of like, do we need to be doing this anymore? Can we do this a different way? And I think that's the power of working with some of, because I work with a lot of high achievers and high functioning people that are really successful actually in the corporate world. And they still feel like they don't have enough, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like, where is, where is that bar? And I think learning to be at peace with ourselves in, I am enough. I have enough. And this is what I have to offer the world is incredibly liberating, but it's a hard process. <laughs> I don't want to like say that's not just like something people just, yeah, escape. just do like, that. Snap your fingers. Yeah, no, it's not um, magic, but <laughs> it but, can feel like magic. The yeah. Occurs, but people have had to put a couple of years of, mm. you know, therapy work into that, but you know, it's, you know, worth it in the end, you know, is it really at the end of the day is, is the goal to, for those of us who may feel as though I don't have enough or there's never enough. Is it, is the underlying situation? Is it really about your sense of self-worth and building that up? Is that, is that the journey? I think it can be. I think it's also, um, I think sometimes we get distracted on our, uh, even just on our values, which can all, so there, there's a psychology to money, right? We spend money on what we put, what we have value in, right? <laughs> beyond like survival things, of course, like food is obviously value because you need to stay alive, <laughs> you know, but beyond that, <laughs> like we tend to place money. And I think when we go back and we start to, you know, improve some of our, our self-worth or understand who we are, where we are in this world and, and, you know, how we can impact it in positive ways, like, I think we start to change the way we're spending money. Like we don't need, you know, the Louis Vuitton to prove that we, you know, have status or we're enough. We just walk into a room and believe it. It's just different <laughs> and probably cheaper. You know? Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. This is all, I feel like we just like went right into like 
10 feet of water without any swimmies. <laughs> and now I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find our way back to the surface. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Okay. So if, if you're listening and you're like, okay, I need, this is me. Like I feel what she's saying. I have a little bit of a fractured relationship with money. I think it has something to do with how I was raised. What's next? Is therapy necessarily the next step or is there something that we can do you know, on our own independently? So of course I'm going to do the annoying therapist statement, which is it depends. <laughs> but for, you know, if you have actual PTSD, like post-traumatic stress disorder, therapy is number one, like without question, like you need to find a therapist that is trauma informed and understands how to work with, with trauma. Cause PTSD is not something you can think your way out of as some people think you can, you cannot. <laughs> so that is one thing. But on the other level, you know, there is a huge spectrum of, of trauma, right? They're, like we talked about in the very beginning, it's like these, you know, these big traumatic events from little traumatic events. And so I think a good starting place for people, if you're noticing dysfunctional patterns with money and you're noticing the same emotional response every time you get yourself into whatever you consider a problem or a jam, you know, that you take some time to maybe journal about that or to really retrace your steps and figure out where did this story start and how do I want this story to end? And then you can kind of fill in the middle, like where do I want, what steps do I want to take so that I can get to the end of the story where I just feel like I have enough or, you know, I want to scale my business to this or whatever that tangible goal is. But I would first start with a goal. I would revisit like kind of where did the story start and how, what steps do I need to take to change my own story with money? And if you don't know the answers to those questions, right, that's probably an indicator therapy would be really helpful. Um, but I'm biased since I'm a therapist. <laughs> so <laughs> sure coaches say something different. <laughs> yeah, totally get it. Well, that's really great parting advice. And we so appreciate you, Nicole, for giving, I know you're so sought after. It's so hard to get you out of your client engagements, but we really appreciate you coming on and giving us some of your insights with our audience as we're all striving to enrich our financial lives and our relationships with money. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can learn more about Nicole on her website, NicoleSimcox.com. Nicole offers individual and group therapy sessions, online video therapy, as well as workshops. She has a podcast called Mental Health Remix with Nicole Simcox. So a lot of ways that you can potentially connect with her. If you missed any of this, just head over to SoMoneyPodcast.com where you can grab the episode and also download the transcript. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money.